0: Hey, this is John Rulin, author and founder of Giftology, and you're listening to the Relationships and Revenue Podcast with John Hewlin.
1: This is Relationships and Revenue, the show where real answers come from real discussions about what holds men back in their relationships at home and in business. A better bottom line at work means improving life at home. This show is all about helping you become a better entrepreneur and a better man. Welcome back, everyone, to the Relationships and Revenue podcast. I am your host, John Hewlin. So thrilled to have all of you with us today. And it is my honor to present to you my guest, John Rulin. Now, it may sound like I'm doing a play on words. I'm saying my name. I'm actually not. If you're watching by screen, you can see he's actually there. So, hey, John, how are you? I'm good, John. It's, uh, it's good to be here. Well, glad to have you here. I'm excited to spend some time with you today to be able to share with folks a little bit more about you, your rise to fame, what makes you who you are, and the contributions that you're making, not only to society in general, but you're making to your family as well. So let's jump right into it. Folks, if you don't know John, first of all, you need to get to know him. So let me tell you a little bit about John. And for those of you listening, you hear me shuffling papers because I always have notes with me. I prepare ahead of time. So John is an international keynote speaker. He's an advisor, author, as he mentioned earlier. The book is called Giftology. The subtitle is The Art and Science of Using Gifts to Cut Through the Noise, Increase Referrals and Strengthen Retention. Uh, just as an aside, folks, is a fantastic book. I've read through the book two times already. Absolutely love the book, have given it away multiple times. It is a great book to teach you how to be able to really reach out to those who you care about in your business and that you want to say you are important. So we'll get into more of that later. John's also been featured in many different types of publications, Huffington Post, Forbes, Inc., Entrepreneur. I could go into more and more of those, but people really want to know more about you, John. So, what I would love to hear from you, and I think our audience would as well, is tell us a little bit more about you. How did you get your start, and how did you become who you are today?
0: Yeah. Well, what I'd first say is that if you're thinking about hitting, skipping to the next episode, like a lot of dudes, you know, when we speak on big audiences, you can tell the guys in the audience are like, really? Somebody's going to talk about gifting. As like this game changing thing, like who nobody cares about gifts, you know. Like I don't mm-hmm. care. You don't. Nobody wakes up at four AM thinking, man, if I had a gifting strategy, my life would change. Mm-hmm. But you know, to your point of what the name of your podcast, everybody's business and life is determined by relationships, relationships mm-hmm. with clients, employees, friends, mentors, advisors, and how we show up for those relationships is what determines whether or not the relationships are successful or not, and that goes for business and personal. And so, really. what we talk about in the book and what I speak on is the gift is just a delivery vehicle for an emotion. Like, it's not like if you give some widget or some trinket or some promotional item that like magically things are going to change. But if you love on your relationships, well, whether that's Mm -hmm. a client, a boss, an employee, a kid, your parents, like, we all crave love. Like one of my mentors, yeah. original mentors is, uh, is is Gary Chapman, who wrote the Five Love Languages. Oh yeah! If mm-hmm. you haven't read that book, it's one of the best books on relationship building on the planet. Understanding that we all have five love languages, most people have one or two primary, and most people speak the language that they like to receive, oh, yeah. and end up marrying the person who's the exact opposite. So, so my story, <laughs> like I'm not, a, you know, I didn't grow up around nice gifts. I didn't grow up in, you know, with like authors and speakers. I grew up in Ohio on a farm milking goats every day. Um, I'm one of six kids. My mom's one of 13. I have 67 first cousins. Like I grew up wow, poor, lower middle class. Like I, you know, I was the kid that was like one to have like the Jordans and the British Knights. And I was like wearing mm. hand-me-downs.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so my life really changed. I was going to go to, to med school and mm. I wanted to be a doctor uh, or a chiropractor. My original mentor was, um, was this, uh, my girlfriend's dad, who was this like rain-making attorney. And you notice when you're poor, people that are generous, Paul was the most generous person on the planet. He was always giving things away, not as like a manipulation, not like, hey, I give this and then I ask for a referral or a deal. Like he was just kind. And because of that, everybody in town loved him. So um, I ended up pitching him. I went and interned with Cutco, the knife company, uh, which a lot of people have heard of. I had no idea what it was. I went and did it. And it was like, if I could pay for med school, that would be like a miracle. And I pitched Paul, my girlfriend's dad knives, like, and I'm not talking like cheap knives. These knives, like a full set is 12 grand. Wow. And I pitched him the idea of giving away, like, I I thought maybe he'll buy a set for himself. He bought a set for his three unmarried daughters. And then he came back to me. He's like, John, I want to help you hit your goals. I don't know what else I can do. What else could I buy? So I pitched him the idea a week later. To give knives to, uh, I thought all of his clients are men. They're in this hunting, fishing, outdoors. Maybe he'll buy these hundred-dollar pocket knives. Mm-hmm. And um, I work up the courage. I'm sweating because it's an awkward conversation to pitch <laughs> your girlfriend's dad knives twice. Paul didn't yeah. make me feel uncomfortable. He just said, "John, I don't want to order pocket knives. Cut or paring knives." Oh, I'm like, you want to give a bunch of dudes like that are CEOs of companies like a kitchen tool? I'm like, that's weird. Paul, like, why? And, and he changed my life forever by shifting my understanding of relationships. He's like, John, the reason I have more access, deal flow, referrals, people always take my phone call, people are advocating for me, is I found out if you show up for people in their family and take care of their family first, everything else seems to take care of itself. Yes. So, so for me, it was like this mind-blowing, I'm a 20-year-old kid, this is 20 years ago. I'm like, Paul understands relationship building at this super deep, intimate way. You know, it's the how to win friends and influence people. Like he's not doing things and then asking for things like Gary Vaynerchuk wrote the book, jab, 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 right hook. Mm-hmm. It's the idea of give, 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 and then you earn the right to ask. And so I modeled that for three years while I was in college. And by the time I was a senior in college, I had put med school on hold and started a gifting agency to mm-hmm. teach people how to do this. And we became the number one distributor out of two point, uh, out of 2 million reps and distributors in Cutco 70 year history, we became the number one all time. Mm. Applying what we now call giftology, but really it's just relationship building, and having a system and a recipe and a strategy to do that. That's that's where the kind of the main story begins. Twenty years ago, mm. Mm.
1: love that, absolutely love it. By the way, my stepmom had a set of those knives. Um, she now she had she had like the steak knives and like a bread knife, so she didn't have like the full set, but she yeah. had some. And the the cool thing, and I know you already know this, but not everybody knows about Cutco. One of the things I love about the company was there was something that happened with one of the steak knives. She contacted the company. They sent her a whole new set. Yeah, they didn't replace the one. They replaced all of them.
0: Yeah, they're they're uh, the the they they've become world renowned. Their customer experience and their they call it a forever guarantee, which a lot of people put lifetime guarantee and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Literally, like my mom will find Cutco that's at, like in a state garage sale. The knives have been destroyed. She'll yeah. buy the box for five bucks. She'll send it back to the company and she'll get like a $3,000 knife set. That's like all of our, all my nieces and nephews and all my cousins, whatever else get like for a wedding, she mm-hmm. shows up with like the two, $3,000 knife set that she paid $5 for because Cutco <laughs> doesn't, you don't have to have a receipt or anything. Like if it cut, if they make the product, they stand behind it Yeah. And, uh, and they go the extra mile. Even like people during like Katrina, they would lose their whole house. The knives are gone. They write a letter. Like they mm-hmm. just, they... Now, sometimes they get taken advantage of, and sometimes they'll push back. But in general, like their goal is to take care of people, and because of that, they have these raving fans. Like they have probably right. fifteen million customers. They'll do three hundred million in revenue um, as this little knife company out of you know they're handmade in New York. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, it's it's impressive the what they do, and I mean you have the distinction of being able to say, "I'm the top dog." I'm the one who sold more than any other, but that's because, but it wasn't the selling part because you and I both know that selling is serving. That's how you sell. When you're taking care of people, when you're interested in people, the selling takes care of itself. You don't have to work at it.
0: Yep. Yeah. People are, yeah, they don't, they don't understand that selling is not convincing somebody to do something that's it's you know obviously you have to have a great product or great service but when you show up like the reason they buy they don't like humans don't buy from companies they buy from people right and if somebody feels like you have their you know that you know like trusted and top of mind that's when you win the game and that comes from showing up for people and doing things for people and opening doors for people and taking care of people and gifting is just one of those things that especially guys are the worst at like most guys can oh, not yeah. get their wife or their significant other in a consistent thoughtful way let alone their clients and the referral centers and partners and employees and whatever else. So yeah, I mean, the, the, the core of sales is if you make somebody feel a certain way and you have a good product or service, they want to buy from you. And then the best part is when they go and open doors for you, which is referrals. So they're Mm -hmm. basically like becoming your sales rep, but that doesn't Mm -hmm. happen on accident. That happens from intentionally showing up for the relationship month in and month
1: out year in and year out. Oh, absolutely. In fact, I, I know that, you mentioned Gary Chapman and you know, one of the things that I, that I, I think he should add to his list that I think actually is a thing. is kind of what we're talking about here is it's always been a thing for me. Like I somehow am able to figure out the one right gift for each person for an occasion. Now, a lot of that has to do with the fact that I'm a detail oriented person and I pay attention to things that other people don't pay attention to. And so that's how I'm able to zero in on some things, but you know, I, I do actually think that it is a, a, a gift that God has given me to be able to recognize that in other people. It's like, you know, paying attention when somebody orders orange juice sometime and they say, could you make sure it doesn't have pulp in it? Three years later, I have them at an event and I make sure that they have their brand. Let's just say it's Minute Maid, Minute Maid orange juice with no pulp. It's like, I've never been to an event where the orange juice didn't have pulp in it. How did you know? Well, three years ago, we were at this restaurant and you ordered it. and I just remembered.
0: Wow. Yeah, that, I mean, that one little detail is worth more than, a, you know, than 100 grand in advertising. Cause that like, you just, you show people that they matter, that, they, that you care about them. And we all, I don't care if you're a billionaire, we all care. We all want to feel like somebody cares about us and, and has our best interests in mind and, and that we matter. And that, so it's uh, yeah, it's the little things people take for granted, like your product and service is good. It's like that one little thing, whether mm-hmm. you're a, a human being or whether you're a restaurant or a business, like when you, when you can dial in the details well, I mean, people, that becomes the story worth telling. Like yeah. the amount of times that person probably went and told their friends, like, you know, <laughs> never guess what, da, 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 da.
1: like the ripple effect that is so powerful. Well done. That's awesome. Oh, It is. It is. And, you know, the opposite of that has major ripple effects too. When you mess it up real bad. Oh, that gets told a lot too. So a <laughs> hundred times more,
0: unfortunately right. right. you know, negative news travels 10 times faster than positive news. But if you can show up for people powerfully, like, I mean, that's the, that's the power, you know, even in 2021 word of mouth is so like, there's so many digital like noise messages Yes. that if you notice it, it's like the, the things that start to go viral are the stories where it's like, wow, they did this one little thing. Well, or like the ocean spray where the guy was like cruising down and like drinking his, you know, his grape juice or whatever. Like Mm -hmm. we all are craving something unique and something fun and, and a detail that most people wouldn't think about. And so it's uh, oftentimes those are the little things that spread virally.
1: That's right. You know, being unique isn't a bad thing. It actually is for me anyway, it's a very desirable thing. And I'm not just talking about business. I'm just talking about in my life in general, because I don't like to do the same things that everybody else does just because they do it. I, I like to figure out what's important to me. Do I want to do something different? How do I want to reach out to somebody else? It's like, If I know it's somebody's birthday, everybody's going to get them a card. Everybody's going to give them, you know, this, that, or the other. It's like, maybe I need to do a deeper dive on this person and figure out what's important to this person. And maybe the gift I give them is not even a gift for them. Perhaps it's a gift for a spouse, a child. Maybe it's, Hey, guess what? I got this timeshare. I'm not even using. You guys haven't been anywhere in a while. Here's your birthday present. You guys, you got a weekend away on me. Just go. Enjoy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The inner circle. I mean, that's the I mean, I can't tell you the amount of people that, you know, when clients hire us to do gifting, I'm like, hey, you know, what's the spouse's name? What's the what's the assistant's mm-hmm. name? So like, I don't know. Like yep. that, they're not the client. And I'm like, you know, yeah, they are w- you know, they are like they're mm-hmm. the influencer. I mean, I think about like some of the people that we've helped other clients land, like one of them was like John, the guy named, another guy named John, uh, one of the top financial advising coaching companies in the world. The way that we landed him as a client was we sent gifts to his wife, Jan. She became like, I remember John calling me six months after getting these gifts and being like, John, I feel like I'm sleeping with your sales rep. And I laughed, <laughs> I knew what he meant, but I just said, what do you mean, John? He's like, my wife's asking about you before bed, like six times in the last you know three months. Like she's never even met you. Like what the heck? And I'm like, the power of showing up for not just the person the the decision maker it's like showing up for their assistant their gatekeeper that this person their spouse their kids like that's where like most of the time people in business get treated really well all the time Mm -hmm. you know first class flights or nice dinners or whatever like you start honoring the people around them and make them look like the hero to their team or to Mm -hmm. their their spouse like one it's fun two like those people are usually neglected and are underappreciated (laughs) but even just selfishly from a business perspective, like it's just smart business. Like that person might control their schedule. You want to get on their calendar. You want to get something done. You want like it's uh, there's so many benefits and it's on top of it. it, To me, it's just the right thing to do because those people are usually
1: neglected. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, let's talk a little bit about your book. Now, obviously the, the main question we need to ask is, you know, why, why write it? Why write? Yeah, what was the the reason behind that?
0: Well, I think a lot of people have a lot of reasons for writing book. I mean, I think a lot of people will, you know, friends of mine are like, hey, you know, like I want my kids who maybe aren't old enough to know who, you know, if I pass away like suddenly, like I want them to know who what their dad was like. You know, I have four daughters, and you know, from a legacy play, like I want them to know like what I was about, what the core values were. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think you know, there's there's a lot of leadership books and a lot of marketing books out there. There's there, I think we're the only book that's really in the entire world of like how to use generosity and gratitude as a competitive advantage, how to show up for people and use, you know, things that feel like woo woo and warm fuzzy, especially for dudes, like really like gratitude is your big idea of how to, how you're going to build your company and, and grow your sales. And, and, but when you tie it back to relationships, people realize like, it, yeah, the title's giftology because that's a sticky title. It's a title that nobody's had or thinks about in the book writing realm. But at the end of the day, it's a relationship book and how to actually have a system to be thoughtful, how to have a you know, how to scale your thoughtfulness, how to do it not just for one person, but maybe you have a hundred clients or 50 employees or you know, 25 suppliers or whatever. There is a methodology, there is a recipe. And most people have never like there's no MBA course at Harvard or MIT that teaches people how to be thoughtful gift givers and how to use that as a strategy to grow your company. So for us, you know, we started doing it. We were living it. And then people started to say, hey, will you speak on the stage? We do this thing. Hey, we can't afford your, you know, fifty thousand dollars speaking gig. Like, why don't you have a book to teach us? I can afford a book. I can afford a book <laughs> for my 25 people. I can afford a book for my. And, you know, for us, it was a great way to to have the the message of like how to to inspire people to be more generous as leaders. Uh, as sales reps, as husbands, as, you know, like wives, as people, and to show people that there is really a strategy to this, that it is replicatable. It's not this like woo weird, you know, out there, there's an art and a science to it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the book for us has become one of the pillars for, for mm-hmm. really everything that we do. Cause it's our whole playbook. It's our whole recipe of how to do it on your own.
1: Gotcha. So um, give us an example. Let's just say that there's um, a potential client out there for you. What is when this potential client's looking at you? What's what's the appeal for them?
0: Yeah. So a potential client for us personally. Yeah, um, yeah. Or yeah. I mean, I think that somebody that comes to us. Um, typically, they have high value relationships or people that are really important to them. You know, we're, we focus more on the business side, although really like the same principles apply. Like when we were speaking at Google, they're like somebody raised their hand, like John, does this work in technology? And I laugh. I said, are there human beings here? And they said, right. well, yeah, there's like sixty <laughs> there's like sixty thousand of them. I'm like, well then it works. Yeah. It works if you're a sales rep. It works if you're a widget manufacturer, if you're in professional service firm, if you're a IT company. Because at the end of the day, it's people. Mm-hmm. And so uh, people will oftentimes come to us and say, hey, you know, like I'm a sales rep or I'm a small business or I'm a mid-sized company and I have You know, like I want to grow faster, right? You know, or I want more referrals, or I want more. I want our retention to go up, or I want like I am not very good at taking care of my employees. Like Mm. we're in a competitive industry to attract good talent, and and so the 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 core of what we're doing is really building out a relationship plan. People come to us and say, hey, you know, this is what we're investing in biz dev and marketing and relate you know all these other things. I'm like, well, how's that working out? They're like, well, it's okay, but we're not growing as fast as we want, or we're not we're not getting as many referrals as we want. So we we say, well, who's, who's important to you, you know, mm-hmm. like just do a 360 degree view of like, you know, so somebody would come to us, like one of our clients, a you know, small company, but he works with a bunch of CEOs. He's a consultant. Okay. His name's Cameron Harold. And he's like, Hey, I got these podcast guests I want to take care of. I got these CEOs I'm coaching and COOs he has a COO Alliance. And I say, well, what's the value of, of, you know, the COOs that you're, you're coaching. He's like, well, it's, you know, it's like 10 to 20 grand a year to be a member, to be in this mastermind and times, you know, even five years, that could be 50 to hundred grand. And I'm like, well, let's start reinvesting a percentage for us. It's net profit. It's like mm-hmm. minimum five to upwards of 15% of net profit. So let's just say, you know, for round number 10 grand, 10% of that, you're talking, you know, a thousand dollars invested into all of those relationships. And we lay out the plan. Hey, here's what the handwritten note should say. This is what, and, that can seem like a lot of money. If you're like, man, $1,000 a person per year. And I'm like, you'll go pick up a bar tab for somebody in Vegas or wherever before the pandemic anyway. You'll <laughs> pick up a bunch of alcohol or drinks or sponsor an event for 100 grand or 10 grand. And you don't think anything of it. It's like just normal like table stakes. I'm like, to somebody that's paying you a ton of money or that's a valuable relationship, $1,000 doesn't go very far in a marketing budget or in a you know an advertising campaign. So it's, it's really, it's helping them reframe and understand, like, if, if you fly somewhere and rent a car and take somebody out to dinner and have a hotel and whatever else, you're going to drop a thousand dollars, $2,000, no problem. And nobody's going to remember that. But imagine if you could like take all of your key relationships and maybe it's just 20, you could, with a program, like what we're talking about, you could hit one button and hit 20 cities in one day in a thoughtful, meaningful way, like you can scale the thoughtfulness. So a lot of the people like to the, you know, the financial service guy that laughed at me when I met him the first time, he's like, John, all your gifting thing, that's cute. He's like, that's (laughs) not going to work with seven figure earners. Well, when his wife started, when I started sending him things like the knives and the leather goods, whatever else that were all personalized with his wife's name, Mm -hmm. you know, like he was like, I, you know, like I'm sleeping with your sales rep, like this stuff works, like this is crazy. I can't believe My wife's seen a lot of things. I've had a company for 40 years, and you were able to, without and not manipulative, like you were able to influence somebody you'd never met before to be inspired to advocate to their husband, me, to Mm -hmm. talk to you, to stay top of mind, to want to do business with you. Like, that's crazy that that's even possible. Like, Mm -hmm. I have sometimes people are like, I can't believe for a thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars, like it should be illegal. Like if you, do, if you do the if you do the math, and it's why like you know like there are like Charlie or uh, Buffett's partner Charlie Munger, he's like gifting works, but I he's like they try to outlaw it in their companies because there is power in being able to love on people, and that's mm-hmm. why like the Department of Defense you're not allowed to give a gift, oh like they so they just outlaw almost all personal relationships, wow, and so we we get around that by doing handwritten notes. They oh. can receive a handwritten note. Yeah. And oftentimes that's just as powerful as the gift because that provides the thoughtfulness and the meaning and the context and one human to the other human. So what we're talking about really is, you know, it's, it's wired into us, you know, whether you believe in a God or not, it's how God's wired the world that, that as a person of faith. I believe like as human beings, when somebody does something nice for us, we, especially no strings attached, we oftentimes want to reciprocate and come back to that person. And mm-hmm. that's the beauty of it it can be used for good or evil. Um, And so, but oftentimes as humans, I think we also have radar and we can tell when somebody is trying to manipulate the situation versus do things with the right intentions.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, you you mentioned something a moment ago that kind of spurred a thought for me. Um, uh, Listeners of this show know, and I, and I don't hide this at all. I am a person of faith. I tell them I'm a Jesus follower and I don't apologize for it. It's who I am. I don't push that on any of my listeners, but they know up front. That's who I am. Yeah. So I believe that as far as men are concerned, God has imprinted on our DNA. We know how to pursue, man. We know how to do it. But something happens. I I can't explain it, but I know it does. Once we get her, i.e. the wedding day, there's like a light switch inside our brains that shuts off and we don't continue to pursue because I got her. I accomplished the goal, it's done. Now I'm moving on to other things. And that's why so many men dive headlong into careers and or hobbies because there's never an end to those, ever. I mean, nope. I'm, just, I'm picking one hobby right now and I've said this one before, I pick it because it's not mine, it's golf. I'm, golf is not my thing i don't really care about golf but there's always a new shirt new glove new shoes new clubs a new place to play if you're even allowed to play outside anymore i don't even know but um uh, so there's always something new and, and what i'm encouraging you guys to do all the time is we need to take some of that energy that you're investing in that or the extra time that you're spending at work that's not where that belongs that belongs on that intimate, close personal relationship, your significant other needs that from you. And so that's part of what I do with this podcast is I teach men how to get better at a lot of those things. In fact, John, I've created something that's called the F6 formula. It's the six areas of a man's life that he tends to struggle in, especially after he gets married. Those are faith, fashion, fitness, food, friendship, and fun. Those six areas. Uh, the fun area is the one I'm going to key on right now. And it's not, it's not fun with your buddies. It's fun with your significant other. It's dating after you get married. I was terrible at it, John, honest to goodness. If date night ever happened, if it did, she did everything. She took care of everything. And I'm telling guys now, those days are over. It's your job to own it now. You're responsible for figuring out what you do, where you go. If you have kids, they are responsibly taken care of. And I emphasize that on purpose, because you know how we are as guys. We're like water. Exactly. We take a lead path of resistance. You know, <laughs> check the box, call it a day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So make sure all that stuff's taken care of. You know, and occasionally I get pushback. Well, John, when we were dating, you know, I had the, did these elaborate dates and stuff, and she had her money, I had mine, so she didn't know. And I always tell them, look, she's not stupid. She knows how much you spent. She does. And I realize your money is combined now. So if it really is an issue, I give guys two ideas every time I talk to them. I give them a free one and one that costs a dollar. Free one is go for a leisurely walk in your neighborhood. If you're allowed to do that right now in the COVID-19 pandemic world that we live in. Yeah, push the envelope and make it
0: happen no matter what.
1: Oh, I have no problem with that. Some people were weird about that stuff, but I'm like, you know what? Okay, arrest me for walking in my neighborhood. Okay, come on. Yeah, good luck, yeah. And the other one, drive to McDonald's through the drive-thru, get a soft serve cone and share it. It's really not that hard. The emphasis is it's not on the what you do. It's the spending time together where we're not talking about the bills. We're not talking about the kids. We're not talking about all the stuff we got to do. We're talking about her hopes and her dreams, talking about your hopes and your dreams. Where do we want to go as a couple three months from now, a year from now, five years from now, that kind of stuff, because what she's dying for is that heart, emotional connection. And nearly every guy I talk to will tell me, John, I don't know how to do that, this emotional thing. And I, I will say this, it's because we're not taught as boys that that's important for men. We're taught that that is a female domain. I'm talking in very general terms right now, but yep. that's what we're taught. And I tell guys, look, I'm gonna make it real pragmatic for you. View this as another skill set to learn. Just like you've got to learn things for your job, well, guess what? This is the most important job you will ever have, is who you're married to. Yep. The hardest I ever worked in my life, John, the hardest I ever worked in my life was at my marriage. I realize it failed. That's a discussion for another time. But the point I'm trying to make is you have to work at it. And if you want her to connect with you, you got to put in the hard work to become the expert on her. Amen. That's what you yeah, if we, if we, if,
0: if we pursued our wife the same way that we pursued a prospect, you know, or, uh-huh. you know, focused on our fantasy football league or, <laughs> you know, any of that kind of stuff. Like if we put the same amount of energy and effort towards it, people are like, John, will you help me with my anniversary gifting? I'm like, dude, no, like last 25 years, you should be listening. You would just listen year round and treated it like a year round hobby, sport, whatever else. Like it can actually, you know, like if you do it well, it can actually be fun. Like, yeah. I love coming up with crazy stuff for my wife. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I strike out even as the giftologist. You want to talk about high expectations. did you do to play <laughs> yeah. Santa Claus year round? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and there's sometimes where my wife is like, you just crushed it. You just knocked it out of the park. There's other times she t- she'll tell you, you know, John, you sucked. It wasn't <laughs> right. You didn't put thought into it. Like that, you know, like, and I say it, so they, it's not the thought that counts. It's the thoughtful thought. It's energy. It's intentionality. It's focus. It's discipline. It's. It's planning. It's strategy. It's yes. like playing a sport. If mm-hmm. you're going up against Michael Jordan and you're in a basketball player, you're going to study the game. You're going to study him. You're going to study his tendencies. You're going to study mm-hmm. his likes and dislikes and all of that. The exact, what you're talking about with any relationship, but especially your marriage relationship. Um, but same it goes with clients. Most people don't keep their clients because why They do everything they can to get the client. And then once they're a client, they take them for granted. They pass them off to the account manager. They stop doing any sort of whining and dining and gifting, or they just kind of do it at at an okay level. But you lose your top 20 clients. What does that cost if you're a commission based, which a lot of dudes are, Mm -hmm. what does that cost you? A lot of money. So why don't you, before they leave, how about you invest a percentage back into them so -hmm. they don't leave and then they go tell other people and they do the sales for you. Like that's the long game. A long game isn't days the long game is decades right and most of us are going to be selling something or having a business or doing something and most of us want to be married for decades right um that shows up if you play the game consistently at the same level as you did when you were trying out for the team right. um right you know like so I, I i mean you're you're preaching to the choir here i i uh i'm not perfect at it sometimes i suck my wife would be the first one to call me out on it she's not uh she is very vocal. Uh she's very yeah. strong. That's why I married her. Um, but but yeah, you gotta bring your A game, you know, in year 10, you're 20, you're 30,
1: it doesn't stop. You're right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's let's talk a little bit more about that. Uh this whole idea of, of relationships, because that's that's a good portion of what this podcast is about. Uh it is it is my belief, John, that in order for your business to be the absolute best it can be, if your relationships at home aren't what they need to be, they're going to follow you to work and it will impact your bottom line, just will. So with that thought in mind, what are some things that you do to work on your significant home relationships?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that uh, I treat it as being the most important. I didn't early on in my marriage. I'll, I'll be the first to say when we first started having kids, I was like, I'm going to go make money. And I got and the business actually almost went under 14 years ago. I almost went bankrupt. So that's not a great that's not a great segue into a marriage or a dating relationship, by the way. like a lot of wounds, a lot of issues there that are still to this day like creep up because it's like it was I was a horrible boyfriend and then a horrible husband, especially the first couple of years because I was just drowning. Yeah. Uh, but to me, like I've now like I shortened my day. my work day used to go into eight, 9, 10 o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. Now it's, you know, like I'm helping in the morning with the kids, you know, Mm -hmm. get to school, take him to school, be engaged. And then I'm home typically at 4.30, um, which is, you know, early for, you know, like when you're operating companies or whatever else, I've also cut my travel down. I used to travel like 12, 14 days a month, Mm. you know, that's that, you know, during the pandemic was really short, but now like, even as things, you know, go back to even somewhat normal, I'm down to like six or seven days a month. So I've cut it in half. Um, which you know, still some days, some months, you know, my wife would be like, "I wish it was a little bit less than even that." <laughs> um, but uh, but I think you know, just even showing up intentionally and realizing like um, the way that I I receive love is not the way that she receives love. Like yeah. you know, go back to the five love languages. Like mine's words of affirmation and physical touch. Hers yeah. is quality time. Okay. And I think a lot of women are that way. I think guys can be that way too. But I think that like being able to, to show up and be able to, you know, there's times where I just want to go to bed because um, <laughs> I, I get up early, but staying up the extra 30 minutes to, to, you know, watch the show together, even if we're not talking, but just be two adults. So we have four y- young kids that are 10 down to one wow. just to get 30 minutes. Sometimes is, is, uh, is hard unless you actually are intentional with it. So yeah. once again, I'm not perfect at any of it, but I think like anything, it's a practice it's called practice because it takes you know, like we're none of us get perfect at it, um, but it sure as heck isn't going to get better unless you're committed to doing it and mm-hmm. getting, you know, and being bad at it and ugly at it first, yeah. and realizing like, you know, you have another person. And, and I think, you know, to me, like be, having littles at home, mm-hmm. I don't think as guys, if your wife is somebody that stays at home or is the more primary caretaker. I don't think we have any full appreciation or realization of how difficult and mind-numbing and crazy and insane and lonely and all these other things it can be, and we're out like winding and dining clients or doing things in the business world as adults. That like there's a massive disconnect there, and it's yeah. something that I didn't realize early, and I'm still fully you know trying to process and realize it with littles at home. But I've I've definitely been more wa- awakened to it. Um, realizing that, like, I have no idea how difficult it is at home. And it's what I'm dealing with, even if it could be stressful and painful. I I think they're whoever's primary caretaker at home. If it is your wife, I think. uh, And I think a realization and and an acknowledgement that you have no idea how hard it is and being patient and loving through the crazy and the challenges is is something I, I wish I had realized early on in my marriage.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. In fact, when I when I speak to groups uh, on occasion, John, either if, it, if it's all guys or even if it's mixed company, um, I, I tend to start off with something like this. I'll say, how many of you men, if I told you right now there's one thing that you could do, if you did this one thing, you get the best sex you ever had in your life, would you do it? You'd be shocked at how many guys don't raise their hands. Shocked at how many don't. Wow. But, now, but I'll give, I'll give the punchline for everyone because I don't want them to feel like they're left hanging there, so here it is. So this is what you do. When your day is done, you go home, do your normal thing, sit down to dinner with everybody like you normally do. With no fanfare whatsoever, when dinner's finished, get up from the table, walk into the kitchen, start doing the dishes. I promise, there are gonna be some who do that and they will get the best sex they ever had that night. There will be others, however, Where their wife's gonna go, hmm, that's interesting. Let's see if this continues. And so you may have to do it for a month, consistently without being asked, just doing it, consistently doing it. Yeah. I have seen that happen so many times. And if you're talking specifically, you know, to a wife like you mentioned, who may be, you know, the stay-at-home care provider for littles, that one thing could be the biggest thing in her day that day that's a, a gift just like, you just took yeah that's the gift you took it off her plate yep yeah and it and
0: you know it, it's uh looking for those opportunities to serve without fanfare i think as guys yeah. we oftentimes want patted on the back or told how cool we are wonderful yeah, we, we are, are. <laughs> and and oftentimes we're like oh i'm doing them a favor no you're not like are you you know like you're a partner in raising the family like yeah. so like you know, winning credit. like, and I'm, I'm guilty as all get out for this. Like I did this, like I should be, re, you know, rewarded or told how awesome I am. Like, no, like, it's, you know, like this is 2021. Like, like we as dudes to think that we can like just advocate or delegate or not have to like step into roles that aren't what we're skilled at or what we should have to do or whatever else. Like, and I'm as guilty as anybody, but yeah, I mean, I cook and do a lot of dishes at my house. I, you know, I'm packing lunches, I'm taking to school. Like I'm, awesome. and I'm not perfect at it, but, um, I've learned over time that like, I'm still, I still feel like it's not equal. Like, I mean, mm. it, 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 let's, let's be honest. Like, you know, the, the woman, you know, if you have a family, like has to carry, like carry the baby for nine months, have her body just, dis- you know, destroyed. If she nurses, my wife nursed for, a year or two with all four of our kids, that's 10 years of oh my God. like either carrying wow. a, a baby and having your body and hormones wrecked. And then another two years on top of that, like a decade straight of, <laughs> so anything I could ever do is not like, a, not even really a gift or a favor. It's like, the scales are still like way the frick out of balance. <laughs> right. Like you're not even close. Yeah. So like the dudes out there, like, I would just say like, suck it up, do it. Like, and, you know, contribute, pour it in and don't mention it at all. And I think that because the balance has been so out of whack, even if you just make it go like this, mm-hmm. like, I think a, a lot of people out there, a lot of women out there, are like, wow, fine. I'm, I feel seen, I feel heard, I feel noticed. I feel like, some, you know, my, my husband actually gives two rips about me and sees that like the scales are not equal, but mm-hmm. at least he's trying to, you know, serve and love and, and, you know, put me, you know, at least somewhat first.
1: That's right. So. In fact, the, um, I mentioned the washing of the dishes. Uh, gentlemen, something that could also really serve you well, almost like a two birds, one stone sort of scenario, involve your kids in that process. Teach them how to do it. I'm not talking about teach them how to load the dishwasher. I mean, that's easy. I'm talking about the bigger stuff where they're actually up on a stool next to you, got their hands down in the water, and they're washing stuff with you. They're scrubbing in the pans and all that sort of thing. Okay, first of all, understand, they're going to make a mess. Just be ready for that. It's going to happen. You're going to have to clean it up. Just, again, be prepared to do that. But you're also teaching your children, especially your boys, teaching your boys that washing the dishes is not female work. It's a part of what makes the family run. Yep. it's Just there. So laundry, we all contribute, cooking, you know, vacuuming
0: all of like, all that. I, uh, I grew up one of six. Like I uh, I've done a lot of those things, but I would say like even more so since I've been married, like realizing like the household it takes. And, and I, and what I would say is that if you go back beyond a hundred years ago, like men and women both were at home all the time. It's only been in the industrialized world with planes and trains, and automobiles <laughs> that like for most of the world, like the dude and the, you know, the husband and the wife in the, the homestead. And I, and I kind of like, my wife called me out on it. She's like, you leaving and me being here. Like that's not how the history of the world has been for most of like in the last five or 10,000 years. Like they're both here. Like we had farm, we, you know, animals like, it, like, yeah. you know, there's apprenticeships, whatever else, but like you need to step up at home. I'm like, <laughs> damn, you're right. Like a huh? uh, point taken. I didn't think about it that way, but it's true.
1: Oh, that that was an excellent point. Uh, I wanted to ask you before we, we wrap up, I've got one quick question to ask you. So we, we've been talking about this whole idea of this giftology, this, this way of looking at things differently about it's really about Solidifying relationships with people. It's not about the gift, it's about what's behind it. So, my question to you is how can we, how can the listeners begin that process? How can we start to become expert gift givers, if you will?
0: Yeah. Well, I would say, even beyond buying the book, if we have our whole playbook, our whole recipe that people, you know, that your guys can go download for free. Uh, you go to giftologysystem.com, like literally everything's there. And most people, most guys are visual. You know, it's yeah. dudes. Like we see something, we point to the screen. Like I want the Chick-fil-A, whatever. I want the <laughs> McDonald's or the Chipotle or whatever. And so that focus is, is on visual. It's the what. I want to give something hot, cool. Like they shot, most guys shop with their own eyes. I like Bose headphones. I want to give Bose. I like Apple. I want to give Apple. I like wine. I'm going to send wine. The gift, that's not a gift. That's a gift for you. Yeah, like yeah, right. A gift, a gift you give out to somebody with a logo on it—that's not a gift. That's a promotional item. That's about you. That's a billboard for you. That's not. That's a manipulation. Right. So a gift, by its very nature, is about the who. It's about your wife. It's about your client. It's about them. It's about showing up for them. So the who is more important than the what. The what, like we still do millions of dollars in knives. Not really about the knife. The knife it happens to be. Hey, we break bread in, in 2021 and like cooking and families, it's still like the hub of the home is still the kitchen. So the knives mm-hmm. that are personally engraved still play really well, so we do a lot of it. But it's the who, it's, it's saying, hey, that person has a husband or a wife, a family, they cook, what's their last name? What's their favorite quote? What's their core mission statement? Yeah. The knives are just the delivery vehicle. That's the practical nature. So if they go to the giftology system, they can get the who focus. The inner circle focus, the timing that matters. There's a playbook. Like you want, you know, like Brady just won a Super Bowl, like at 43 years old. Like he had a playbook that he executed to a T and dominated even at 43 years old because he, him and Gronk and the whole crew, like they knew exactly the plan of what they were going to execute on, and they they executed it to to a massive amount of detail and and, and consistency. And so relationships in business are the same way. You want to show up for your top 20 clients and make them raving fans. You don't give them a bunch of crappy golf balls or whatever with <laughs> your logo on it or a jacket or a bottle of wine. You show up for them in a way that says, dang, this is the most thoughtful, unique thing. And my wife can't stop asking about you. Or my husband thinks you're a hero because you, get, you know, gave something that we can use as a family at home. So hmm. it's not rocket science. But if you're willing to do the things and gift and show up for people at the level that you would do, like I said, with your fantasy football league or your golf league or your hobby of Smurfs or whatever it is, like if you show up with that kind of passion with your relationships and your gifting, your competition won't be able to compete because you're deepening the relationship and showing them that they matter. And if you do that, whether it's your wife or your client or your employee, Mm -hmm. people notice and people respond to that, that, uh, that level of generosity.
1: Okay. Okay. Uh, Last quick question before I go to my final four, I do a final four with everybody. They're just four quick questions, but this last one is what do you do for yourself right now that helps make you a better man, a better husband, a better friend, a better dad?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I read every day. Like that's, that's kind of a non-negotiable take care of my body. So like I'm, do I have a a workout routine? I use the sauna every day. I just bought a cold plunge tank. I do breathe Wim Hof breathing exercise. Like to me, like you can't pour from an empty cup. So you have to take care of yourself. You know, I fast every day. I do Mm -hmm. anywhere from a 18 hour to upward last year. I did six fasts that were five days each water and uh, coffee only. Wow. Um, So to me, like being able to like, you know, even cold shower, like, you have to have the right mindset and and take care of yourself. You're going to, if you're going to be able to step up and and lead well. So to me, um, you know, getting up early, spending time in the word, uh, doing breathing exercises, those sorts of things to me are, are kind of the foundation that you build from.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Well, here's our final four. Are you ready? These are fun. I'm ready. Yeah. So these, these are a little bit different. Just gives people more of an insight into you. Yeah. All right. So here's number one. It's probably the most challenging one for most people. Why did God create John?
0: Uh, to inspire people to be generous. I feel like my calling is is uh, that's my purpose is to
1: to inspire. Uh, yeah, to inspire that. Inspiring generosity. I love that. I love that. All right. So, what are you doing, reading, or listening to that's helping you grow? Uh, right now, the the most recent Audible.
0: Well, I'm reading Wim Hof's new book, and I also uh, through a friend of mine. Uh, just download on Audible, the, uh, the way of the superior man. And I uh, just
1: dove into that. Nice. All right. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who are listening and working out right now, all this stuff we'll list it in the uh, show notes. So we'll have links to all those for you. These things that John's suggesting for us. Number three, what do you do for fun and what do you get to do for fun with your wife? Outside so, of obvious things.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> I, uh, I don't do it a ton, but I do enjoy golf when I get the opportunity. Okay. I enjoy this time in the sauna steam room. And you know, that, that, like that's kind of like my, my happy place. I enjoy yoga. Probably my favorite sport of all time that I just played for the first time in a year because of the whole stupid COVID stuff is, uh, is basketball. Oh. And so that's like, um, I it's, it's one of my happy, happy places. As far as my, my wife and I, we like cooking together. Uh, we enjoy good, uh, libation, so good wine, okay. uh, good tequila. Um, you know, we, and just really, um, we enjoy traveling and doing that kind of stuff together. Mm-hmm. Um, right now we're getting ready to go to uh, Blackberry farm, uh, which is one of our, our favorite places in the world. Um, it's like, you know, if Chick-fil-A and in, in the four seasons had a baby, that's the, the <laughs>
1: resort. It's like,
0: this, okay. the, it's all the benefits of being on a farm without any of the work.
1: Oh, so. nice. Okay yeah very cool all right and lastly what are you most grateful for
0: um i i mean it's gonna sound cheesy but my wife uh it's you know it's been a while in september will be 12 years that we've been married and with four uh amazing little girls at home it's Mm -hmm. not easy and she's sacrificed uh an enormous amount to uh to provide really a lot of the foundation and backbone and and strength that our family feeds off of. So, um, I, uh, I'm super
1: grateful for her. Nice. All right. Love to hear that. Well, John, thank you very much for taking some time to spend with us today to share with our listeners about your expertise when it comes to gift giving, which is really not about the gift. It's about who it's going to, it's about that relationship, but thanks for teaching us some more about what it means to be generous. Yeah. Thanks for having me, John. I appreciate it. Listeners, thank you very much for tuning in today, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Relationships and Revenue. I'd love to get your thoughts on the show. Two ways you can do that are to give us a rate and review and or connect with me on social media. You can find me at John Hewlin. Thanks again for listening, and remember, passion gets you started, purpose keeps you going. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time. Bye.